Very few people have as much credibility in the Kingston music scene as Moira Demarest. As a co-founder of KPP Concerts, she's brought artists like City and Color, Arkells, and Grimes to town. She also founded the Fun House Concert Series, where she paired touring musicians with local acts. And recently, she served as a judge in the 2019 YGK Emerging Musician Competition. When Moira isn't bringing live music to town, she's taking to the stage herself. For over a decade, her band Pelt was a staple of the Kingston music scene. They shared the stage with acts like Tokyo Police Club and Bedouin Soundclash, played festivals like Canadian Music Week and North by Northwest, and won the inaugural K-Rock Band Slam. At the end of 2020, Moira dropped her debut solo record, This Is Me Being Nice, an album that combines her melodic piano compositions and down-to-earth lyrics with the punk energy and authenticity that's charged her musical career. And she's here to tell us all about it on this edition of Kingston Live. So, hello, I am Johnny San, this is the Kingston Live Podcast, and Eilish is here. Hello, Eilish. Hi, John, how are you? I am excellent. We are so happy to have Eilish on board. We don't know if this is going to be a permanent thing yet, but she's been kind of helping us out for the last uh, few weeks, and it's been nice to have her on board. Uh, thank you for making this a little bit less of a boys club. I mean, it's it's always good to get that diversity in there, but it's also <laughs> just something I'm super passionate about. I mean, anyone who knows me knows how much I love the Kingston music scene. So yeah, super excited to be on board and uh, keep figuring it out. And Moira is here. Hello, Moira. Hello. And thank you for joining us today. Oh, why? Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. My, this is pleasant. (laughs) See, this is what happens when you get women in here. We're just all happy and cheerful. (laughs) Well, you know, and this is part of the reason, and on a more serious note, this is part of the reason why I like when it's less of a boys club, because there's just a different energy. When it's just a bunch of dudes, the energy kind of gets pared down a little bit. I'm not really sure why, but it does happen. So thank you both for being here. Well, it's my pleasure. I'm super excited. Adding to the positive energy. That's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Or just energy in general. Yes. Moira, it's a weird time. Like, I try to make these podcasts kind of, you know, as timeless as they can be. Like, a while back, we took out the concert listings because we're like, no, it's just it doesn't have as much replay value that way. But I mean... COVID, you can't really sidestep any of that. So, I mean, we have to talk about these things. They're happening. They affect everything. First of all, how are you holding up in all this? Personally, I'm fine. I I mean, I'm I'm fine. I, you know, question things all the time, I guess. And uh, there's been levels of anxiety that have been raised and then lowered and then raised and then lowered. But I think that's that's just where we're all at. And I think everyone is dealing with their own sort of levels. And it's kind of this terrible but wonderful thing of like bringing people together under these like terrible conditions where we can sort of all start to talk about the fact that this is this is crazy. And this is, we're all just kind of like struggling together uh, to figure it out and figure out our crazy fears and anxieties. 
But on a like personal level, I'm just taking it sort of day by day, week by week. And um, I've been lucky to pretty much work from home so and, and sort of constructed things that way. So I feel pretty good in that respect myself. And I've been able to sort of create some music. So I'm lucky that way. <laughs> Like, I feel very, I feel very grateful for that. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear you have a positive outlook on it. I know it's, everybody's dealing with this differently. Everyone, Mm -hmm. you know, is in a different situation. In Kingston, we're we're doing pretty good in, in a lot of ways. And we have a lot to be, you know, it's, we need to be careful. And there's like, you know, there's things that are happening and, and I'm very conscious of that. But, you know, you look to somewhere like the States and you're like, how, but how are you, how are you handling this day to day? And like, you know, I follow a lot of people that are just, you know, doing, still doing their stuff. And I'm like, how are you an artist that's still creating? But it's just, that's, we still have to do that. So yeah, it's, it's really fascinating to like, think about how we're going to actually talk about this. I mean, I was going to say, like, how have you been creating in this time? Because I know a lot of us have kind of hit walls at certain Mm -hmm. points. Like, I know in the last couple of weeks, even at Kingston Live, we've been talking and brainstorming ideas. And we'll all of a sudden just hit a wall with it. We'll get on the call and go, oh, no, do we have any ideas right now? And uh, Mm -hmm. we always come together with something. But how have you been finding that? Just have you hit any walls? Have you gotten through it at all? Or has it been pretty easy? Uh, no, like lot, lots of walls, like lots, <laughs> lots, lots of walls and lots of like questioning myself, but in, in probably in good ways. Like I've been sort of like, I had planned to like release an album pre COVID. I planned to release an album in the spring and then, I mean, it was sort of ready and it was just kind of like, well, what do I do with this? Like, why, why do I even want to release this? Like what, questioning my own artistic merit, questioning my own like lyrics, just questioning everything where it's like, this doesn't, this doesn't even seem right. Like, why am I writing love songs when people are like dealing with this terrible pandemic? Like what, like, who am I sort of to do that? And so I think that's like, it's been a constant sort of loop and cycle where it's just like, yeah, you know, I still need to do this because this is like bringing joy to me and this is fulfilling something and and I identify as an artist and identify as a creator. So it's like, I have to do those things. But like, yeah, it's, it's sort of like pushing back the fear and questioning your own sort of place in the universe at the same time. And it's, it's sort of just like this pandemic, I really think has like exposed a lot of those things that, you know, maybe people were feeling before, but now it's really sort of highlighted that. I'm glad you said that. And it has been a very interesting time just to see how people react to it creatively. And I I remember when Mm -hmm. we spoke to Julia Finnegan a few months ago, we were talking about something similar where we both realized that when you're a creative person, a lot of your creativity is a, a very reactionary thing. You're sort of reacting to the universe as it comes to you. And then if you find yourself in a situation where nothing is happening and every day is the same and you just wake up and it's Groundhog Day, <laughs> it's very hard to be creative because you need input to mm-hmm. produce output. Totally. Yeah, I think I I knew early on that... You know, I stopped sort of creating, I guess, in like March. I I just was kind of like, Ugh! I don't want to like even do it. Like I'm not, I'm not doing stuff for myself necessarily. And probably like watching the news a lot more than I should have and things like that. Um, but I personally was able to sort of like 
recognize this cycle of like, okay, if I watch the news and I'm like actively doing these things that are provoking my anxiety, uh, it's not a good thing. I'm not, I'm not in a happy place, whether I'm creating or not. So I started to use this as like, okay, I do have a little bit of extra time. I'm not like promoting shows. I'm not (laughs) doing an active social life at this point. So I'm going to invest a little bit more in my like artistic education, I guess, and, and just try to like get inspired by some other things. And uh, so started just like doing stuff that I wouldn't normally have had time for, like watching more plays on the internet and, and reading more and getting really into poetry. And it is Groundhog Day. And it is like, I am kind of essentially just hanging out in my house, maybe going to my backyard, going for a walk. Like it's, it's all the same, but where can I draw other things from? And like, how can I still get inspired by other things? Let's talk about the album. Okay. This is me being nice. <laughs> I think the first question is why now? Like, first, I guess first, actually, even before that, I want to know, was this sort of planned before COVID or was this a we're in a pandemic, let's make an album kind of situation? No, it seems yeah. to be one or the other with everybody. <laughs> yeah, this was this was definitely pre-COVID. Uh, the whole album was. And so I wrote... I wrote an album that was going to um, come out. I had sort of plans to to have a release party in April, um, but like the world, it just we stopped and, and put it on pause. And and uh, and I sat on it for like the whole summer, just you know, having the tracks done and just not feeling like it was the right time to release music. Like I just felt very strange it was just not like the place to put this out. And it also was kind of like, I was sort of questioning like, who am I to sort of be putting this music out right now? Like nobody really needs to hear another, uh, another singer songwriter squawking about like love songs and like sappiness. It just felt like, okay, this is not the time, but essentially I sort of looped back to, you know, there are some songs that I'm, I'm really proud of and it's it, and I still think that they have um they have some some merit and there's still my voice and there's still uh an expression of something that I'm proud of so I decided to rather than I, I had released or I'd recorded and sort of finished eight songs so rather than uh release it as like a full album that I I just sort of like handpicked my favorites uh a little bit more and uh and decided to just release it as as an EP and not do like the the regular sort of like pressing of a of a (laughs) what is a cd a pressing of a cd (laughs) or pressing of vinyl or whatever and I just um I've just been releasing them as singles and with the hopes that like this is the beginning of a of a journey and not like okay well i've you know finished my album and then that's sort of it like it was just like okay well this is the start of something and i'm still creating and i'm still doing work so so this is the beginning and <laughs> that's all <laughs> so 
You mentioned how you kind of felt like, oh, how is it my place to release music right now? But was there kind of that excitement as well? The kind of you wanted to get it on the road, you wanted to get it, well, not on the road, but you wanted to, <laughs> you wanted to get it out there, you wanted to release it. Did you have still that excitement that a lot of musicians do have when they have upcoming music? Or was it completely 100% overtaken by just the situation of everything? I think it, it was like in early sort of early days, it, it definitely was like just completely overtaking because I just felt like not lost. Like I, I, I really still felt like, you know, and I still feel like an artist and I still felt like a creator, but I was like more just it's kind of like, you know, writing something in a diary, you know, a couple years ago and, and being like, OK, now I have to share it. But like. But I've, like, just gone through my whole, like, education phase. <laughs> and, like, and the world is in a pandemic. So, like, do I really want to share that diary entry from when I was, like, in grade eight? Maybe not. But I think I'm probably being, like, pretty hypercritical. And I think a lot of artists are. That's, like, what what most people do in the world. But through some reflection, I, I got re-excited about the tracks again, like, midsummer, And I was like, no, this is... I want to celebrate this. I want to have like a little bit of a celebration for this and as sort of like a pin to start the journey, if that makes sense, like to just be like, okay, this is like, this is what I did now and start getting excited about more stuff too that's coming up. So instead of it being the diary from a couple of years ago, it was the one from like sixth grade that you can actually like laugh at and enjoy a bit now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, how like, far okay, back you know. do some of these songs go? <laughs> Not that far. Not okay. really. <laughs> it's the idea. It's the idea. I'm just very immature. No. Uh, <laughs> we were recording it for like almost a year and then to like have this other break <laughs> thrown in. It's almost been like a two-year process by the time it's sort of like all will be finished. So that's where it's just kind of like, okay, this is like, this stuff was already feeling a little bit like, okay, I've sat on it for a while and now what do I, <laughs> you know, it's hard to stay stay excited about stuff. But you go through like waves of it where you're like, you've done this this song, you've recorded it, and then there's all of the other pieces that have to go into the recording process and then by the time the end track is done you're like wow okay now I'm I'm like re-excited about the song but I had been like working on it for like months so <laughs> so that's kind of how it felt I guess I was kind of surprised by the sound of the album overall because you're a pianist primarily <laughs> correct but there's a lot of guitar like I, I felt like the piano kind of sort of laid down the foundation for the music, but there was a lot of guitar kind of coloring and adding texture and that sort of thing. Yeah, there was. It it like what started out as being like just demos of like piano and voice. And then it was kind of like, oh well, you know, we do have like some you know, my friend Jamie can play guitar and he's amazing. <laughs> and so he's gonna add his stuff and it just like sl very Sort of, it was it was a slow process, but it was like okay. All of a sudden, I have a full band behind me, and um, yeah, that was not necessarily how I intended it to be. Like when I first set out to like record these songs, it wasn't like oh, I'm I f hear these as like a full band project, but it just very like organically came into that, and I was I was really excited to sort of like do that, and and then you know have the option to be like okay, well I 
you know, can play just myself and the piano, obviously, and, and do just solo stuff. Um, and that's kind of what I'm working on now is, is just doing, you know, just piano voice and just paring things down a little bit so that my next project will be just uh, not like the full band. Although I say that now, and maybe there'll be like an orchestra. Who knows? It's really interesting to hear how it came together and kind of gathering everyone, which especially now, it seems like such a weird concept. So are you kind of getting this weird feeling when you look back on the recording process? Because when you put something out like this, I mean, it's a big project. It's a big deal. So you're probably really reflective about what it was like to get here. Does it feel even stranger than usual just with everything going on? It does feel a little sad to not be able to celebrate with the people that are on this album, like to really sort of like to just like all listen to it together in a room and be like, yeah, cool. We did this. Like, it's just even just listening to it, like not even like plain, you know, we had sort of we had at least sort of the idea of like, okay, well, we're going to play this as like one band together and then that would be sort of the the beginning of a release so it feels weird to not do that because that's how I've released music in the past that's how when I've been in bands that's what I've done so it feels a little bit lonely I guess you know to be like oh it's just me by myself (laughs) but um it's it's gonna be okay and eventually we're gonna come back together and we're gonna play some shows and we'll just have to sit tight for a little bit It's really interesting, though, because at the start of the year, you were originally going to release a video for uh, King's Canadian Film Festival as part Mm -hmm. of that huge list of artists that uh, paired up with people. And you ended up having a surprisingly timely video uh, for the rest of the year of just you and Meg Hamilton uh, being super competitive siblings it seemed i'm not sure if you were supposed to be siblings or just friends in the video but like sort of like that rivalry of like your best worst enemy friend or sisters yeah whatever but now i mean all uh, all all of us are doing is playing board games and stuff with our friends but you had such a collection of board games in that are those all yours (laughs) i know i wish i wish those were brent nurses and i think i think they were all his like yeah he's got apparently he he had this like i yeah, I think at one time he had an idea that he wanted to open a vintage board game shop. Um, so, yeah, his collection is is ridiculous and, like, really obscure, awesome board games. Like, anyway, I, I did t- snap some pictures of, like, the ones that you can't even see from the... Like, it's just, it's just sort of, like, one shot of, like, me opening a cupboard and being like, whoa, look at all these cool board games. But, like, there was some, like, good loot in there. Earlier, you mentioned playing in bands, and I decided at the beginning, I have to ask about Pelt. Uh, (laughs) For those who don't know, and part of the reason I want, we have kind of a revolving door of hosts these days on Kingston Live, but part of the reason I wanted to talk to you is I think I might be the only person in the group who saw Pelt back in the day. For those who don't know, Pelt was kind (laughs) of Kingston's girl band at the time, for lack of better words. Maybe you can explain it better to, uh, than I can. We started out as as all women, but we ended up getting Chris, or the cuz. Uh, he's uh, He was also in the Harachas, or it is in the Harachas. So yeah, we started out uh, just sort of in our 20s, really wanting to like really just wanting to like be in a band and like figure that out like we weren't we all sort of knew what we were 
doing. But it was most of ours, like, first band. I guess Laura, Laura, who was our drummer, had been in Liz Ticket before. But we were just kind of, like, this... We called ourselves, like, dance rock or dance punk, sort of. We had this kind of, like, punk rock aesthetic uh, without being in any way punk. Um, but we... Uh, yeah, we just like to play like really catchy, melodic, dancey sort of pop songs. And uh, we we had like a good 10 year run and we stopped in, I don't know, or when I was, when I turned 30, um, we sort of like all just kind of went our, went our own way. And uh, we're all still friends, but you know, some of us have babies, some of us have like careers some of us are still creating music um obviously as someone who, yeah, yeah as someone who's newer to kingston can we bring this back though please okay. this is amazing all right i had something special <laughs> planned here uh, this is not something we normally do but i decided let's have some fun and let's kind of turn this into a react channel briefly so i found a clip <laughs> of Pelt, and I'm going to share it with the two of you, and we're not going to watch the whole thing, but we're going to watch it and just get some reaction here. (laughs) Boyra, you look so nervous right now. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Oh, there there we go. go. All right. Oh, no, not Five Finger Touch. I already love this. I already love this. Oh, the classic font from the early thousands. (laughs) I wonder if that email address still works. We can hear you playing the keys. This looks amazing, though. <laughs> it's pretty much just that, anyway. It's fine. Well, I was going to say, we were talking about revisiting old diaries and stuff. I feel like this is more that feeling for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was at that show too. <laughs> yeah, that was. I'm trying to think what sh- eight. I think you guys were opening I mean, for somebody, Ale maybe. House, but yeah, I feel like was that Alehouse or was that? I think that was Alehouse. Um, yeah, it might have been Chris Coster because we didn't play the Alehouse very much, but like we played one or two times. I think I don't know. And that was the end. Uh, <laughs> but I, I feel like I'm, we might have been opening up for Chris Coster, but I'm not sure. That was, yeah, that was that was a trip. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's get back to the present for a moment. Uh, <laughs> the gift each... that is pelt. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to now. Yes. Um, so every podcast, we play a song from the featured artist. Uh, Moira, which song would you like us to play? Is there a song that means more to you? It's nice if a song has a story, too, oh. if there's something you could tell us about it. Um, Just makes a nice lead in to the song. Let's uh, let's do Julie. So Julie was um, uh, one of the first songs that I wrote, actually, like, period, uh, first songs that I wrote. Um, so this is like, this is diary entry time. Um, it was sort of one of those ones that it almost didn't make the cut of the uh, the EP. I sort of like hemmed and hawed about it because it, it felt like it was, it felt a little immature vocally or immature lyrically, let's say. Um, but it just, I sort of like talked myself back into it and sort of realized that it was just kind of it's a vulnerable song it's a vulnerable 
thing that I was uh, trying to express. Um, so I think that's why it's sort of, uh, I almost didn't want to put it out there because I was like, oh no, this is like, this is revealing a little too much or something. But it's not necessarily about a person, but it's about sort of dealing with kind of the uh, ideas around motherhood and ideas around um, just addiction and, and being very conscious of like watching myself and my behaviors. So that's that's sort of where it's where it's coming from. It's kind of a, a mishmash. There's not really one like theme for it, um, but it's just sort of me in my little diary figuring that stuff out. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to Kingston Live. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. For more great Kingston music, check out the Kingston Live playlist on Spotify. You can also hear our sister show, Kingston Live On Air, on Amherst Island Radio. Go to cjai.ca for details. John, you actually had a really interesting question when we were kind of talking about the album. And uh, Moira, you kind of brought this up as well, that you ended up with a full band behind you. So are there any names on there that we might recognize that we can get really excited for, other than the fact that it sounds incredible and we're already excited for it? Oh, thank you. Um, Well, uh, probably. So uh, Megan Hamilton, who was also in my video for I Lost Me, did some backup vocals for I Lost Me. Um, so one of the tracks on the album EP and Jamie Walker and Chris Hall. So Jamie Walker played guitar. Chris Hall played uh, bass and also some backup vocals on like basically everything. And Andy Pez also did the, so he played drums, but also produced Mixed, mastered, did it all, <laughs> did all of those things. Um, so, I yeah, I'm. I feel like all of those people are um, definitely tied into the Kingston music community um, in some way or another. Jamie and and Chris are both in. Um, they both were in Slaves of Spanky. Um, do stuff with Footbags and Grandpa. Um, so a lot more like hip hop rap stuff. So it was like really cool to see them do this kind of stuff. Moira, you're not just a musician. You've been supporting the arts in general through KPP and through the film festival. First of all, what's up with KPP right now? This has got to be a (laughs) weird time for a a business that promotes shows and books bands. What's going on? Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's pretty slow. We're on pause. Um, we're just taken things as they come. So KPP is technically entering our 20th year of like promoting concerts in Kingston. So we had big celebrations planned. <laughs> no. Uh, well, we, we, I mean, we would have had some like pretty cool celebrations in concerts. And I think we still are, um, we're exploring new ways of doing this without doing like necessarily too many like live stream concerts which I think have like a total place in the world right now. And I think they're awesome and wonderful. And I've supported many of them. Um, We're more into just like letting the artists do that themselves. And, um, and I think there's some great sort of platforms for that. So I think for us in sort of this COVID time, we're, we're taking our time to sort of figure out what, what things that we could do and what ways that we want to like um, invigorate KPP and just make it that much more of an awesome organization. It wasn't until sort of March <laughs> when things paused that Mark and I realized how um, kind of exhausted we were of, of doing a lot of shows, which are awesome and we love and that's why we keep doing them. But it's also... Um, you know, it takes a toll if you and uh, your partner are the only ones that are, are the primary ones that are doing it. So I think the way that we want to um, continue on with KPP is by like enlisting more help 
and I think it's out there, (laughs) you know, enlisting uh, new, new people to like get new ideas, but also doing maybe sort of curating our events a little bit differently, maybe being a little bit more selective or, or offering more like sort of concert series that are a little bit more handpicked, maybe doing some like artist talks and things like that, or some like surprise pop-up shop, pop-up concerts or something like that. So we're just kind of like, taking this as a time to like brainstorm and figure out what the world will be like. I think it's going to be a while before concerts, the way that we had done them before, are going to come back. And most of our artists were from out of town. So nobody wants them (laughs) in Kingston right now, understandably. So we'll just, we'll just wait. Um, I saw you got Sloan booked. (laughs) Yeah. And then rebooked and then, uh, yeah. Yeah. So Sloan will be back sometime. We'll just, (laughs) we'll worry about that. But yeah, things got like, I think, so Sloan, it was going to happen and then it got pushed and then it got pushed and then it got pushed. And then the latest um, time got got completely canceled because now they're going to be on a bigger tour or it looks like they're probably going to be on a bigger tour. So when things are actually able to happen, I think that's what we're going to see is that a lot of artists are now just like joining forces because it's like, if you think about everybody that sort of had to pause, it's like the, the, when people are actually able to sort of come back together, we're going to have to like, you know, amalgamate some events and amalgamate tours and things like that so that we can sustain that. So, um, so I think, yeah, Sloan is on pause, but they, they'll, they'll come back eventually. They always come back. Yeah, They always come back. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have like a dream bill right now that you'd put together? Like one Franken band that you would combine into a show? Do you have one in mind? Or a couple? And I don't. I don't. But, like, that's an awesome question. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, don't I love Frankenband. <laughs> Frankenband. I don't know. Like, it would have to be, like, like my favorite band. Like, my, my favorite bands that, well, my favorite band is against me. So, I'd probably, like, they'd be there. <laughs> and then everybody else, I'm like, I don't really care. No, I do. I, do. Um, I don't know who else I'd put, though, on that bill. It would have to be like me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do that with Laura Jane Grace. We have it set. <laughs> yeah, it's like Laura Jane. So it'd be like against me, then me, and then Laura Jane Grace can open up. I don't know. Like we'd figure something out. I'm sure. Um, but I'm sure there's there's some others that I probably should include there. But um, Cave Boy is another one that like we. We love, and we did a show for them. We've done a few shows for them, but we did a show for them in December. Um, I think that was the last show I saw before COVID. Oh, yeah. And that was a great show. That was a great was last show sh- to see, yeah. It is, it is. We left it on a bang, but, like, I'd love to see them, like, you know, we did it in the basement of the mansion, which is fine. It's, like, got its own, like, cool vibe, but it would be fun to see them. Like, I picture them, like, on a beach, like in a beach party or something like that. And it would just be like, like, how can I make that happen? So something like fun, like, but doing like, doing sort of these types of artists that we love, but like doing them in like maybe cool new settings is another, another way that we're trying to explore. It's a lot more work to like not do it like in a club because, you know, you have to bring in all the sound and you have to make it good, sound good. And, um, 
but that's something that we'd like to do is like try to find some like unique ways of presenting music. So when you're talking about some of the beaches and like all those weird, mm. interesting venues, sorry, not band beaches, like physical beaches. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the one in Kingston that immediately comes to mind, of course, Gord Downey Pier. What other kind of spots around town have you handpicked for those kind of interesting pop up shows almost like in your dreams? If you could coordinate it, which ones would you go for? I do love like rooftop stuff like you know, I think I I don't have a rooftop in mind. I'm not going to pick Jack Astor's. Um, but <laughs> uh, I would like if we could find a, if somebody has like a private rooftop that they'd like to donate. Um, we went to one uh, like concert for Leaf Volbrook in Pop Montreal uh, at Pop Montreal, and it was like this private rooftop Ooh. thing where it was just like you got the invite like an hour before and then you didn't know where you were going to be and then all of a sudden you're like you go in this rooftop and then like leaf's there with this piano and it's like all magical and the sun is setting so like i'd love to do things like that that's pretty awesome and, and pretty fun we actually like kpp and a long time ago we did um a band like they were our friends and they were just like they had had a show fall through or something like that and we were just like hey do you know any last minute shows? And so we were sort of like, we lived above Glassworks, the glass blowing studio. And so there was like the parking lot there. And so we were like, well, we don't necessarily know of a show, but like, we'll, uh, we'll sort of put it out in like our Twitter. Well, this is pre Twitter, like in our sort of very small mailing list. And at the time, and, um, and just see who comes. And so sure enough, we like took some extension cords and like we just did like a pop-up concert for this band in our parking lot. <laughs> and it was like Blues Fest weekend. So we kind of got away with it because it was like people didn't really know. Like before they could actually call the cops, they could they like just thought it was like a blues artist or something like that. And then, you know, the set was like half an hour. So we were we were able to pull that off. But like doing kind of like a f not you know, we, we can still, like, file the permits and, and do things properly, but um, doing fun stuff like that where it's, like, you don't know until, like, you know, a day before where you're going to go, but you know it's going to be a cool artist and we'll give you the address then, so just trust us. I think that might be a fun way to experience music, especially when we have to sort of either be outside or we might just not be able to do, like, 800-person shows. I did have one last question, just looping back slightly. How did you get the name Pelt, and what does it mean? Because <laughs> I know I have my ideas, um, Your but ideas I want the explanation. Correct. Your ideas ah. are correct. <laughs> there we go. Great. We tried to think of, like, funny acronyms to just, like, support it as we, like... Because, I mean, you know, even though we were, like, you know, still sort of, like, you know, figuring this out, we did realize, like, as soon as we did it, we're like, oh, this is fun. Oh, should oh. we still... Yeah. But, you know, we just rolled with it. It's okay. It's all right. 
I realized not long after we started this conversation that I planned to start with some kind of rapid fire questions. And this is something we did uh, a couple of podcasts ago when uh, we interviewed Sarah Harmer and Rob. I'm ripping off Rob, who was ripping off Brene Brown by doing this rapid fire kind (laughs) of thing. It's not like the inside the artist or actor studio where it's like, what's your favorite swear word? It's it's sort of like that. I've got some kind of locally focused kind of. And I want to ask both of you, actually, just just some. Some, some trivial things. Favorite restaurant in Kingston, Moira. Tango, Nuevo. Eilish. Oh, um, for food, Red House. <laughs> <laughs> See, these things are harder than you think. Yeah, they are. There's uh, a lot of great places, but yeah, I, I think I know Red that's House, really yeah. hard. I know it's a tough one. It's it's you know it doesn't have to be like a final forever kind of thing, but yeah, just just your re- immediate reaction. Favorite park in Kingston, Eilish. Oh, uh, Churchill Park. I actually have a legitimate favorite park here, so Churchill. Moira. Fleur Park. That's a good one. I like that one. The little boardwalk and everything. Very cute. Yeah. Mm. I always say McFleur Park, too. I had to like actually Doug, think about right? that. I'm like, yeah. I don't think it's McFleur. I think it's... Anyway, I'm just like, the, the park, you know, that one. Of course, the anyway. correct answer was Lake Ontario Park, but that's okay. We'll move on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kingston Artists. Moira, who, who has your attention right now? Oh, um, Kira Roberts and Ray Corcoran. Oh, yeah. We had them in I, a few months I ago. Their, yeah. I love their new little project. I shouldn't say little project, but it's... It is a little project because so, it's called Tiny Horse. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's why. Um, but yeah, that always, I, I like everything that comes out of those women. <laughs> oh, God. Eilish. I feel like I'm not allowed to pick a favorite almost. Oh, okay. Um, De Trois, I absolutely love. Mm. Everything they do is a ton of fun. Uh, Dan Taylor Band is another one that's up there for me. Reckless Four have been doing a ton of stuff that's been really awesome to hear. Um, I definitely tend to go for the harder rock side of it. But honestly, like, there's no way you're going wrong with Kingston Music. So I think those are kind of like the top ones right now. Also, the Astros. I'm just going to keep adding to the list, though, so I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted one. This is going way off the rails. I know. Can yeah. I add? Can I? Like, now this is bad. Now I want to add more. Sure. Okay. You can have okay. one more. I can have one more? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I really like John Rose. Johnny Rose? John Rose. I've played a few coffee houses with him, and I really like his uh, I really like his tunes. Um, it's kind of like John Priney sort of singer-songwriter folky stuff, but it's like got some like punk philosophy lyrics that I, I appreciate. Now, Kingston Live, the whole point of this podcast is to promote and expose and celebrate the Kingston music scene. And Moira, I want to know, what to you, what makes Kingston special musically? The community. And it's quite supportive. Like, it's a supportive community. I can elaborate if you'd like. Yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, I wasn't sure if this is like still rapid fire. Um, sorry. sorry, no. I was like, uh, I was like do we the, want yeah, that more? is the answer to the question, but that doesn't feel like enough. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I think it's it's just it's always felt like there is a, a very active, supportive community that I think that maybe does not happen in all even cities that are the same size as ours. It's almost like you have education from people like the hip and and Sarah Harmer that are like. They're doing their craft and they're doing it at a professional level that's amazing, but 
they also are like setting the bar for everybody else because it's like they're not like sitting there on their piles of money just being like, oh, I don't care about Kingston. They're actually like, being a part of the community. And then that is sort of like a trickle-down effect of like, okay, well, if these people are doing it, then like everybody needs to do it. And I think that that's what Kingston is all about, is that it has a very strong supportive community of like, you know, when somebody asks me what my king- favorite Kingston artist is, it's like, I don't want to say one, I want to say like a million, because it's like, we're all sort of doing it together. That's the cool thing. That's a much better answer. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to add also, uh, is that rapid fire just for her or is that for me too? Or is it not rapid <laughs> oh, fire you, anymore? You can, you can <laughs> chime in if you like, sure. Uh, my answer is a lot shorter. I mean, community obviously getting added to it as well. Um, for me, it's also that like I come from Ottawa, which is a much bigger music scene, and there are some incredible bands there. But Kingston bands do not play like bar bands. Everyone here is is a musician. Everyone here is doing incredible work. Like if you walk into a bar and watch a band, you're not going to go, oh yeah, these guys are, you know, they're they're a bar band kind of thing, which sounds mm-hmm. really mean. But there are certain places where if you go into just a random Thursday night somewhere, it's just kind of the generic bar band, you'll, you'll notice. Um, and Kingston, I've never, ever found that. Everyone has something incredible to offer, which I think is really incredible. Um, past that, yeah, I'm good, John. We're good. <laughs> That is also a good answer. Thank you. <laughs> Ladies, this has been great. Thank you so much, Moira, for joining us. And uh, best of luck with the EP and the music to follow. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been Kingston Live. We encourage you to rate us on your listening platform of choice and subscribe where possible. Kingston Live was recorded in Kingston at Titan Sound, hosted by John Sanfilippo and Eilish Sullivan. Writing and research by Peter Sanfilippo. Voiceovers by Riley Jabor and John Sanfilippo. Production and promotional assistance by Jackson Coulter and Reed Cunningham. Executive producer Rob Howard. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at podcast at kingstonlive.ca. 